on this episode of Quantum Week, September 27th through October 3rd, 1992. Quantum Week. Quantum Week. Welcome to Quantum Week. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. Quantum Week is a show in which Chris and I leap into a random week of a random year, and we talk about uh, the hit movies and music and our stories and all sorts of other stuff. <laughs> the hit movies what a loser well the number one movie yes. number one song ish sometimes we break the rules uh, but today we are continuing it's our three week weirdly three episode week we're continuing through the end of September 1992 and we're talking Batman Returns and Soul Doctor by Foreigner before we get to that though I want to talk about uh, what we're doing next week yes we're going to I think you'll be happy about this this will make Matt happy okay I think so January 2013 the Patreon movie, which was the number one movie that week, is Zero Dark Thirty. Oh, neat. Which I've never good. seen, but I yeah. want to see. Let me go on. And then the free uh, show is Django Unchained, Quentin Tarantino. There we go. Hello. Another Quentin Tarantino film. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Uh, that'll be a good one to talk about. There's a lot there. I've seen that one more recently than most of the other ones, besides his, his newest. That's one I haven't, like, I just kept running into Inglorious Bastards, but for some reason, Django, I haven't seen a ton. I think I've only seen twice, actually, so. I've only seen it twice, but I did make it, I was like, ah, oh, I can't remember a year ago. I was like, I want to see mm. this again, and I did. But, uh, so I, it's a little bit fresher in my mind, but still uh, a really good one to talk, a lot of cool stuff in there to talk about, so. Yeah, so, that's great. That, that should be a good one. That'll so, um, yeah, we got, and then uh, the week after that, your birthday week. Yeah, I still got to think about that a little bit. Yeah, you got to come up with something pretty soon, actually, Uh, Mm, in our time. Well, no, because because by next Monday, we're taping. You know what I mean? So you got to have it by. Yeah, 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 you're right. I know. So uh, we could have a pretty good stretch here. You can think about it. You know, we got Batman. This is a pretty big movie today. It is a big movie. uh, Uh, I'm sorry, we got Django, which is a pretty big movie. And and, uh, whatever. I mean, Last of the Bohicans, too, was... uh... I think that's not as huge. I don't think. Fuck that movie. We already talked about it. Well, you gave it a thumbs up. You (laughs) liked it. I did. I was just reacting to, I know people are disappointed yes. by that. Yes, You're probably used to that, today. though, right? I, no. I mean, uh-huh. I get a lot of positive support out there. I don't know if you've noticed. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you say so. Uh, today, we're talking Batman Return. Anything else? Ready to go to Batman No, Returns? I think so. We can get right into that. Okay. Uh, do you want to? You wanna... <laughs> this movie's it's not good. Oh, no. Gonna, this movie's a D. I'm going to give it a thumbs oh, down. What? There's, a, there's so much shit wrong with this movie. It, it's so disappointing. It's so disappointing. So Batman, Batman, I like crushed it a little bit, but I think I gave it a B because there's so much awesome stuff. There. Yeah, I think the you're cinematography right. is really I gave great. It a minus. The world is really great. You know, Keaton's awesome. There's just some some bad moves with the with the script, but and it was it felt like a close set. You you were the one who kind of turned me onto that, and I noticed it in this one as well. It's like this very shrunken world, which yeah. is very strange. But but this script is so bad. It has so many problems that I, I was bored, angry watching this movie. I didn't want to watch it. I, I'm halfway through. And I'm like, why the fuck am I watching this stupid movie? D, thumbs down, will not recommend. Oof. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give this a B, a thumbs up. Uh, but I say this with <laughs> some trepidation. There's a lot of problems here. I'm going to be in a tough spot in this show, honestly, because I have to do. I feel like I'm going to have to play defense yeah, a lot here. I don't. <laughs> um, there's, yeah, this, this movie. This is not a B. This, this movie has some problems. A lot of problems. It does. Yeah. It has it, but it's it. It's also. I mean, I think it's a fun movie to watch. It depends how. I like kind of how it, the movie's kind of a nasty. It's very film. nasty and dark. Yeah. But it's not fun at all. The first one is severely fun, and and. I don't like the I don't like Danny DeVito. I think the I think the villain 
uh, I've always felt that way. The Penguin has never been anywhere near my top Batman. Well, there's films. a few different Penguins though. Yeah, well, the one in in the original. So Burgess Meredith in the 1966 it, yes, Batman. Well, it's a, a very different character than this one. It is, but but I, I was never really compelled with the idea of that as a villain, as the Penguin as a villain. And Danny DeVito does fine, but I just I don't like this villain at all. And when you think about him versus Nicholson as Joker, it's a huge you know it's a huge knockoff. Yeah, it it is. I I can't I can't defend that. So the Penguin character, for those who don't know, um, it, in the comics, in a more modern twist, say the last twenty years, whatever, he looks more like the nineteen sixty six Batman, uh, Burgess Meredith, where he's kind of like this little fat guy with yeah, kind of a big nose. I guess it's similar to what you have in this, but, but he's not gross. Like this character in this movie is gross. It's gross. He's always drooling. He's yeah, this, like, he's, he's just he's, black drool. Yeah, they go out of their way to make him like hideous. Where this one, the the Penguin in the comics is not the case. In fact. For a lot of the time in the comics, he's very like well dressed. He's very like prim and proper. Yeah. In the comics, he's more of like a crime boss. So he's like more like like I think almost like a mafia boss, but without the mafia element of it. Sure. Um, kind of known for being intelligent and kind of orchestrates a lot of the crime in and around Gotham City. Okay. The 1966 one was just kind of this like a lot of bird puns. So, you know that yeah, show was yeah, played yeah, more yeah, for yeah. laughs right. anyway. Right. It's campy. Yeah. In this movie, he is he's hideous. He's a gross creature. They kind of like double down on how gross he is. And that's kind of the fun of that character. I know my grandmother. So I saw this movie with my, I saw this movie three times in theaters. I love Batman as a kid. I saw, I, and, I, and my grandmother's favorite character in the 1966 Batman was the Penguin. Yeah. She thought Penguin was a great villain. Okay. So I went and saw this with her. She was fucking horrified. I'm sure she was. She thought this movie was terrible. <laughs> she hated it. And I think if you read the reviews, a lot of the, the enjoyment of this movie or a lot of people's enjoyment of this film hinges on how much you're willing to, or how much you can enjoy the Penguin character, the DeVito Penguin. If you enjoy that kind of nasty, gross, I think you enjoy this movie. You know, you can enjoy this movie. If you don't, like kind of Matt's reaction, like I don't like this character, then you're not going to like this movie. It's as simple as that. Well, I also think it's how well you're okay with a script that doesn't make sense at all. I mean, that's the other part of it. Like, there, I, I have like 10 notes on where this thing does not make sense. The script isn't like, oh, it's bringing the chrono, chrono potholes coming back. That segment everyone loves. No, but that matters, doesn't it? It does. I mean, there's a lot of problems with the script for sure. I mean, at the end of the day, I know. Okay, so A, it's a comic book movie, right? So, I mean, it's all ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, but and when the, you compare that the, to Nolan's films, I know, that but shit the, makes but sense. The, but Nolan's, yes. I, I agree, but that was Nolan's whole point of those movies was to make sense. He was basically almost doing a counteract, especially like Batman and Robin or sure. uh, Batman Forever. There, there was a, it was a counteract though. This movie leans into it, the ridiculousness of it. Even, it's even one of the shots. So you have Batman and Penguin both kind of sizing each other up and then Catwoman flips into the, into the shot and you have the three of them kind of stand yeah. there. It's like, that's, that's played for a laugh. Yeah. Like, if you don't think that's funny, then you're not going to like enjoy this movie, but that's obviously a joke. Like this is an insane situation. Yeah. But you have to have reasons b behind. You have to give reasons why people are, they are, you can't have uh, Selena Kyle falling from 20 story building and waking up as a superhero because she's licked by cats. That, that like you, that's not enough. That, that's not enough. What, what would have been enough for you then? I guess there has to be a reason why she goes from a, like a normal person to having supernatural well, people have head injuries all the time that become really disturbed individuals. It's, it's, it's a reason a no, lot of serial I, killers are serial killers. I'm, talking about the athlete, I'm not talking about the CTE. I'm talking about the athletic ability. Suddenly she has nine lives. She can't be killed. Mm -hmm. And she can do all these. She's doing like gymnastic moves and all these high leg kicks and shit. The, the, she, didn't, she couldn't do that before she, was, before she should have fallen to her death. See what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you I have I, to explain I, it. I, I guess. I think, I think this movie actually spends too much time trying to explain the villains. and why they're doing what they're doing. Like 
there's so much time spent on why Penguin is this way. And there is a lot of time, whether you agree with it or not, on why, on how Catwoman, Selena Kyle becomes Catwoman. There is a lot of time spent on that journey. In fact, there's so much time spent on the villain's journey that the plot is left for grabs. Oh, yeah. And, like, there's really no plot. Well, and also, movie. in the first 35 minutes of the movie, you see Batman for uh, roughly a minute. Yes. Like, he's not there at all. No. I think that was an issue in the first movie, too. You didn't see as much Batman. Oh, you didn't see as much Batman Joker, I think, was was the issue in the first movie. Yeah, that's a different debate. But in this, this one, you no, this don't see very Batman clear. at right. all. You don't at all. Right. And, well, oh, I'm not asking for more for a backstory on the villains. I'm asking for, a like, reason. It doesn't have to be done over the course of 10 or 15 minutes. We just It just needs to make sense. I, I mean, it does. I mean, it doesn't make sense. No, it, I, you're def- you can't defend. We talk about this all the time. Why people do what why, they do. Right. So why and, is she athletic? I mean, they, they do have, there is a line. She's like, oh, I shouldn't have beat my, that guy in racquetball. So they kind of lean the idea that she could be athletic, but I, I, I get it. I, I, I it's, it's not great. I, why is she so athletic? I mean, maybe the, you know, do the cats give her powers? I mean, Spider-Man got bit by a spider. He's Spider-Man. A radioactive spider though. Oh, they, okay. And they do well, it. No, I'm not saying that it's a good, but they give and they tell us why. Uh, at least in the comic books, the ones that I read from yeah. uh, from when my uncles were growing up and they had them, it was a, a spider that got into some yes. sort of machinery right. and became radioactive and bit him. So at least there's something there. Like you can, you. you that, that, I think in the list of problems movie, that's for my opinion pretty low. <laughs> okay, well then the penguin. How so? You've got these super smart penguins well, that, that that raise Cobblepot. It's, it's why does he fucking freeze to death? And why does he look like a penguin? How does he? How does he look like a penguin? But then find penguin family that you. Know, I don't. I guess my bigger issue is really with that end of the. So the end of the movie, um, he tries. So he spends a good part of the movie trying to find a way to kill the firstborn sons of Gotham. That plan ends so abruptly. Like Batman just simply just like stops them from doing it. And then yeah. he turns all of these penguins who are now like trained, who are also have, like rocket launchers. Like, yes. Like, you can't, like, I, I get, I, I get, like, Burton just wanted the visual effect of penguins just kind of being ridiculous. Right. But, like, I mean, you, I think there's a great example of where you need, like, more. Like, all right, like, you can't, you can't just be ridiculous for the sake of ridiculousness. So you have to have some sort of bearing and how is he a crime boss when he's lived under this in the sewer for 33 years he's never come up this is the first time he's come up from from the, well, sewer. the circus men the circus people he kind of organizes okay i guess and it wasn't the first time he came up because he was up he was with the circus he was the penguin boy in the circus they talk he, about that well then he does say that this is his first time up in 33 years i think mean, he's he does lying. Say that. okay then okay fine then then that's a bad script that's bad to do. I don't know. They do boss. say that he, I mean, Batman's reading articles of the Penguin they Boy are, in the circus. And I, and I think you're right. They never confirm that, but I think you're I exactly mean, right. Like yeah. he stole circus people and made them into yeah. his minions. Right. I, I guess that makes a lot of sense. But then he, you hear from Penguin's mouth that he, this is his first time up in 33 years. Yeah, but so he's lying. Yeah. yeah, I know. But then <sighs> why have the plot point be that he's coming up because he wants to find his parents and then they're dead when he gets there? Well, it's not the plot point. It's a, it's a, it's a it's a red herring. He's doing that so he can get into the Hall of Records so we can find out who the firstborns are. That, yeah. did, that wasn't clear. He already knew his parents were dead. That wasn't clear. I think they say that in the movie. They, it wasn't they're, clear. They're like, they're like, oh, he knew his parents were dead. He always knew his parents were dead. The set is dumb. Why are there weird, weird sculptures all over the place? Why is there this place called Arctic World where Penguin lives beneath? I don't get this. Well, I mean, that, so that's a problem. So Anton First is the guy that did the set design for the first Batman, the 89 Batman. Um, Anton first went on and did awakenings when, um, right. And then, uh, he, uh, he died. Uh, he committed suicide, I believe a year after that. He died, uh, 91, November 91, I believe. And, um, Bo Welch was kind of 
Burton's typical guy that did set designs. Mm-hmm. I think he did Edward Scissorhands. And then he brought in, because I think first was obligated to do Awakenings already when they were doing some of the pre, when they were doing some of the, the pre-production for this yep. movie. And then obviously he, he dies and he, maybe there's some sort of mental illness stuff going on that I, I'm not privy to that maybe Burton was aware of. Regardless, they bring in Bo Welch. So I think Bo Welch was in kind of a tough spot. He's probably like, A, I want to keep to the, I want to keep to the ideas that Anton first had and keep that because it works so well. Yeah. B, the other issue they had was that Warner Brothers kept the sets. So Warner Brothers kept all the sets from the first Batman. Yeah, it cost no, them like a quarter million dollars yeah. to store this stuff. Um, so because of that, you now still have the Anton first vision in there because he's the one that designed those sets, right? So now Bo Welch kind of has to play around. He's so he's magic. in kind of a tough spot. He's a little he hamstrung. It's kind of like Danny Elfman with the score where I like the score for this movie. The score's good. But it's very yeah. similar to the original Batman because yeah. I think he felt he had to keep that mood. And that makes sense. I mean, it's a pr- typical problem with sequels. Yeah. I, I have no problem with that with, with Elfman. Actually, Elfman is one of the lone bright spots. The other one is Christopher Walken who does a really mm. good job. Very good. More of an understated walk-in, which I mean, he's always good, whether he's bombastic or understated. He's a very, he's got a lot of range, and I always like seeing him on screen. He does a great job here. He's great in this. Yeah. He's really good. And, you know, this world is so, I mean, I know Matt doesn't like the world, but the world is so fucked up and weird that Christopher Walken's like the normal guy. <laughs> yes. This is so great. Like, I think that's a fun little play there. Uh, I, think in a, I think Michelle Pfeiffer is fantastic in this. She's good. I just don't like the character. The character's written poorly, but she's good. She's really good. I think she's yeah. great. She's good. One of her best performances. It's really good. I, I totally kind of buy her, not the maybe the physical elements of it, but the, like her psychological journey, yeah. I totally buy. Yeah. And I like that she's conflicted. I like that she's, you know, wants to, you know, kill Max Shrek and driven by that, but then also, you know, at, at her heart, I think she's a good person. So she's kind of torn. Trying, yeah. So trying. I, I like I like that struggle. I, w- I kind of wish that was the only bad. I, I like to be those penguin, but this movie would have been helped by a lot of simplicity. Oh, absolutely. Uh, they wanted her to be in the first one. Is that correct? And, and, uh, Basinger, wasn't that the case? She, but she didn't do it for some reason. That's why they had to throw Basinger in. It was Sean Young. Was it Sean Young? Sean Young, uh, okay. was, uh, was supposed to be the Basinger part and she got hurt riding a horse yes, in pre-production. Okay. So interesting story. So Sean Young's kind of crazy, right? So Sean yeah. Young, that happened to her, which is a terrible situation. I can understand that would really be like a really, cause you, you know, you're this close to being in this great movie. Uh, or this, you know, this big time movie, you know, whatever your opinions are, the 89 Batman was a giant, it was the biggest hit, I think one of the biggest hits of that year. If not the yeah, biggest. yeah, yeah. So, uh, so she obviously misses out because she's in a horseback riding accident. Then she, uh, they cast Annette Benning. Annette Benning then gets pregnant and then can't do this movie. So Sean Young then kind of almost like breaks into the casting <laughs> call dressed as Catwoman and does this whole like, thing is Catwoman. Really? Yeah. Like really bizarre behavior. Yeah. And it's just like, no, no, we're not, we're not, yeah. like, we're not what you want. And it was just, it was just a weird yeah. situation. And uh, they ended up bringing to Michelle Five. They had to pay her more than they paid Benning. And they paid her 3 million. They were going to pay Benning one, I think. Um, and Pfeiffer was excited. Pfeiffer was heartbroken when Benning got the job. Mm. Pfeiffer really wanted to be Catwoman. Um, she had really tried to have her agent kind of pull some strings so she would get the part. And they went yeah. in a different direction. Uh, Burton really wanted to work with Benning. And then, um, but Pfeiffer, I think, knocked that out of the park. She was great, perfect casting. Ended up, ended up working out. I don't know if Benning would have been as good. Oh, no way. I don't think so. And and I, I like it. I like it at Benning. Me too. Yeah. She, well, it was American president. She was in with um, yep. Klein. Uh, of course, American Beauty as yes. well. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. She's good. She's good. She's done a lot of good stuff. But no, Michelle Pfeiffer did a good job. Unfortunately, the character isn't written amazingly, and she has some of the worst dialogue here, too. And what, it's, what, okay. 
we have her telling Max, hey, listen, I saw these secret files. I know I wasn't supposed to get into, but I broke into them anyway. Um, you know, and is that all right? And that's what kills her. It's yeah. like, no one would do that. No one would do that. Can't really defend that. Fucking, um, what's the goddamn, st- that kiss line too that they share twice, uh, kiss is twice as deadly oh, or whatever. I like that. Fucking stupid yeah, line. It's, it's fine. So it's dumb. Dumb. Oh, come on, man. Oh. Like, yeah, I hope you're this critical with every comic book movie we cover then, all the Marvel movies. I hope you go through each line of dialogue as well, because it's just as bad, if not worse. Oh, it's not as bad. No, most of the- Those jokes are so corny and stupid. In all those Marvel movies, I, I, hope, I just hope you're as critical. I think I would those. be. Yeah. Those line Man, by line with we've those only, Which ones have we seen? We saw Iron Man, which, which, which is a good movie. Which is a good one. Better than this. I, absolutely. Yes. It is. Yeah. Uh, by a uh, pretty wide- Not as wide, but it's definitely a better movie. Oh, I think you gave it an A-. Yeah, I'm giving this a B, so it's not it's, as wide. It's pretty but big. It's, it's, we both agree it's a better movie. I don't know what you're trying, to, what you're trying to get at now with this. Uh, whatever. So okay. what are, have, we, have, have, I, have I gone easy on the other Marvel? Any, have we seen any other? Oh, Ant-Man. No, I was tough on that. I don't remember you going line by line, which is-, which is Oh, a, which is, that, yeah. I mean, well, I just, I don't think it's a bad line. I think it's, I like that. I also love that scene, the uh, masquerade ball scene, one of the best one, if not the best scene in the movie. This, this movie sucks. This is not worth watching. It's, it's not made well. It sucks. I think it's made very, uh, well, I don't think that's a fair criticism. I think some of the things are made incredibly well. Some of the movie also has massive problems. I think some of these movie, some of the elements of this film are, are fantastically made. Oh, here we are. Here's the other line. What you put in your toilet, I place on my mantle. I like that. That's a stupid line. That's fine. No, all this is dumb. If you can have problems with that, you're just not going to enjoy the movie. I, mean, just, I wanted to enjoy the movie. Yeah, I, mean, you're just not I going wanted to go in. I, I haven't seen this since I was a kid. And I think it's because when I was a kid, I didn't like it as much as the first one. Probably maybe because it was, it was darker. Well, okay, how old was I? 14 or whatever. And, uh, yeah, so I, I, I saw the first one a bunch of times, but I haven't seen this one. And so I was looking forward to seeing it again. And now it's just boring and too dark and didn't make any sense. And never see, you don't see a lot of Batman. You think like people are going to believe that Batman killed that model? No. Are you like, none of this makes any sense. I mean, I think people could believe that Batman killed the model. I mean, Batman's an odd figure. I mean, I think Shrek's big thing is he wants to drain the surplus energy from the town. Ta- I mean, that's not a... Gives it, that's not a big villain. Who cares about that? Just draining some excess. Let's build a power plant so we can drain some excess. To what end? At least in the Nolan Batman, you've got. Oh, you can't compare it to that, though. You can't. Because they're better movies. They're obviously better movies. Yeah. A. yeah and B, the whole point of the movies was realism. That's not the point of this movie. So you like, can't just be surreal for the, the, the sake of surreal well, and it be all right. That's the problem with this movie. I agree. That's, that's yeah, the, that's it has, the issue. Shit has to make sense. I agree. Or it's a shit movie. Uh, th- not necessarily. Stuff has to make sense or else, it, or else it's a weaker movie. It doesn't necessarily mean it's a shit movie. Because, you know, at the end of the day, it's Batman fighting this man, you know, who looks like a penguin and this I know. woman dressed as a cat. Like, I, I mean, know. at some point, it's like, there is a little bit of just ridiculousness of it. But if you want us to enter that world, you have to give us the parameters of the world and then stick to them. You got to give us reasons why things are the way they are or we just won't accept it. Why you don't like any sci-fi or fantasy stuff? You I know? like a lot of sci-fi movies. That's not true. I don't like fantasy movies. I don't like. I like a lot of science fiction movies. Uh, with Batman Returns, um, I will admit I'm probably being too kind. I maybe a B minus is a fairer grade. I'm giving it a B. It's uh, it's tough. I do enjoy. I do enjoy how mean and nasty. So okay, try to simplify this. This movie as a whole has many issues. If you look at this movie through the prism of individual scenes, I think it's a lot more enjoyable. The reason that's the case is because the plot of this movie is 
non-existent. Right. Like, it's basically just like character studies of these two. I would say uh, not even Batman. It's a character study of Penguin and Catwoman. Yeah. Batman's barely in this. Yeah. Michael Keaton got $10 million to do this. He's, you know, like, like Matt said, he's not even in the first act. <laughs> really, it's like, yeah. for like one minute. Uh, so, you know, Batman is not even like, you know, is an afterthought in this movie. I mean, I wonder, like, I almost wonder who had more lines, like Christopher Walken or Michael Keaton. Like, it's probably, it might have been Walken. It might have been Walken. Yeah. Um, so if you look at it through individual scenes, I think some of those scenes are a lot of fun. I enjoy that Penguin is this, like, hideous, horrible, like, nasty person with, like, very little to no redeeming qualities. I like that. I think that's funny to watch. It makes me laugh. I think DeVito's funny in the role. I also understand how a lot of people wouldn't like that. And especially back then, when people went to the movie theater, they wanted to see this comic movie with their family, and yep. this guy is just like doubling down on how gross he is. He's like, he, Devito even went out of his way to make himself grosser. Like he, he ate that fluid <laughs> to make himself <laughs> drool oh, more. Yes, yes. Like that wasn't the script. That's something he did on his own. Um, and he just he he just had a lot of fun just doing that role, being disgusting. Uh, I think Michelle Pfeiffer's. I really enjoy whenever she's on screen, and then I do enjoy Michael Keaton in this bizarrely supporting role. I do enjoy <laughs> him as Batman. I think he's a great Batman. I think he's a great Bruce Wayne, and I enjoy seeing him there. So, but Matt's Matt's not wrong. I mean, at the end of the day, Matt is right about a lot of what he's saying. There are, you know, other than the line for lines, I just think it's a little too nitpicky. But Matt's Matt's basic points are valid. You know the. the motivations for why these characters doing things are either not shown well or don't really make a lot of sense. And then the plot itself, the cohesive unit that ties these things together, it's non-existent. No, there's a few moving parts and they don't really make sense together. So yeah. Cause in the beginning you're like, are we stopping max from building this thing? So he doesn't suck the power out right. of it or, okay, now, now penguins got, is this crime boss. So now we, we, we want to, he was running for mayor, so we should probably stop him from, from being mayor. Oh, okay. Well, now, so now he just wants to steal all the firstborn. So now we should stop him from doing that. It's it's very, it is very choppy. I wonder. Do you think? So for Batman, you can excuse not seeing. Well, we are we already had the first film, of course, but there wasn't a lot of backstory with with Batman. We we know a little bit. We see Joker kills his family or his parents, but we don't need a lot of backstory with Batman. We kind of know him. Do you think Burton was relying on us knowing the backstories of these two villains? I'd say the opposite is true. He didn't rely on us knowing it at all because he spent all the movies showing us the backstory of these but, two villains. But no, it didn't make Well, then he didn't do a good job. He should have... Well, you need less you needed to make sense. A lot of that falls in the story, so that's why... Yeah. Um, um, so, so Sam Hamm... He was the first one. Right. So Sam Hamm right. also helped write Batman, the original Batman. Right. And he's also a comic book writer. And he did a draft. Burton hated it. Uh, and then Burton, um, had, uh, uh, I just forget the name, Daniel Waters. I'm looking it up. I'm sorry. Yeah, Daniel, Daniel Waters. Waters, uh, do the, um, he really wrote it. Like he took, he took, but the problem was he's, we talked about this show a million times. The second you start having different writers come in, it, it never quite works because you're taking that draft and you're kind of reformatting it to what you want. But then, so maybe I'm totally guessing here, maybe in Ham's draft, Max Shrek's power plant played a bigger role. Then when you rewrite it, maybe it gets a smaller role, but then it's like, it kind of leaves the audience going like, what happened? Well, here? I read a little bit about that. So Burton didn't like that Sam, Sam didn't really have a motivation for Penguin. And so Waters came in and developed that going to steal all the firstborns. Right. Just like to be a random bad guy type of thing. Yes. Um, so, so that was the issue there. So Burton was like, this is, there's not all the motivations aren't here yet. Right. And they still didn't really no. exist. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. And like, you know, <laughs> Uh, 
Waters is not a is not a great writer either. I mean, so he wrote he wrote Heather's. He's most famous for Heather's. Yep. And then he, uh, you know, he wrote, he helped write Adventures of Ford Fairlane, <laughs> which I enjoy more than most people. I'm not saying it's a good movie, but it's also, you know, there's the Andrew Dice Clay movie. It's sure. a bomb, you know. And then he did Hudson Hawk, which has its own problems. Right. Then he does this. Then he does a movie, Matt Loves, Demolition Man. Oh, yeah. Which I enjoy. Once again, I think, because I think I just have, Waters is a very, as you can tell by just reading these lists of films, has a very dark sensibility. It's kind of dark comedy is what he does best. Heather's, right? Like, yeah. That's what he does best. Yeah, I like Heather's. And Demolition Man to some extent. But, um... But if you don't like that style, then you're going to be kind of left out. And it's a very narrow style, I will admit. And you're going to be kind of left like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And to have like someone like Waters do Batman Returns, which is a giant superhero movie that's really for the masses. Yeah, it's going to be a, a 50, $60 million budget. And yes. it just came off a, what, a $400 million movie. Yeah. You're expecting it to... I mean, Warner Brothers put a lot in this. Yeah. Uh, at one point, half of Warner Brothers' sound stages... Were, yeah, because they actually did this one in, in California. They, they didn't do this in London. Right. Half of the sound stages were Batman Returns. Right. Like, so, like, that's just an example. Of like, just kind of, yeah. They put this is this is their tentpole movie of the year, yeah. not just the summer, the year. And um, so to have a guy that's known for writing like small, dark comedies that oh, a lot of them bomb is is an odd choice. Yes. They kind of gave Burton. So this is so Burton likes this movie more than the first one. He didn't want to do it though. No, he no. Well, a lot of that's. Do you think it's just money? Well, I don't know, a lot of it. Because I mean, he he. See, I was called bullshit. Like, oh, I didn't want to do it, but I, I, I did it. Oh, thanks, Tim. But then he's like, he still went to the table yeah. and negotiated for the third one. So yeah. like, all right, well then, you know, they didn't yeah. want, the studio didn't want me to do the third one. The studio was horrified by this film. They were not happy with it. No, they were right. Burton loved, liked this movie more than the first one. Um, because the first one, the studio had a lot more control. This one, they kind of gave Burton the reins. Well, here you go. He'd proven himself a bit more. Now he's done scissor hand. Well, Pee-wee. I think he also done Batman. Like, he's Batman. like, all right, you know, he's like, I'll come back, but I want to have more, you know, I want it's my, I want to make more of my movie, which unfortunately for this doesn't work as well. No, no. Um, so he liked it. So then why didn't he do the third? He's like, okay. So he goes and sits down to, at the table to talk about the third one. And the studio was like, so Tim, why don't you, you know, you think about doing it be a smaller film. <laughs> I know you've been talking about that Ed Wood movie. Maybe you should maybe focus on that. Mm. Like a lot of like, so finally, at some point, Tim Burns like, "Do you want me to do this movie?" And they're like, "Oh, well, I'll be excited to have you on board." But <laughs> like, and he's like, "All right, I'm, I'm, I'm good, thanks." So the studio, I think, felt bad. They gave him a producing credit on the on the third one, which I think made him a little bit of money. He didn't, literally did nothing. Yeah. Uh, and that's when Schumacher came in. Studio loved that third one. No, loved it. No. Uh, and then that's why they gave him they gave Schumacher complete control for the fourth one, which is a. Uh, I really hope we cover both of those movies because there's a lot to talk about with those. Um. I mean, look, this is a dark, weird movie that I respect a lot because it's a franchise movie that goes places that no other franchise movie ever has gone before or since. Um, but I do, I, I would be, you know, it definitely has a lot of problems. There's, there's a lot wrong. You know, it's, it's a conflict. It's a, it's a, um, it's a movie that a, a lot of people have different opinions on. Like, it's not a, you know what I mean? Like in Matt, Matt's opinion, I kind of expected Matt not to like it. I didn't, yeah, I, didn't I didn't think you'd hate it this much, but uh. It was a chore to get through. A lot of people felt that way. Yeah. Um, I know McDonald's was upset because the toys, like, what do we do? This penguin guy, he's like, it's disgusting. <laughs> we can't make toys about it. Like, he's fondling women. Like, what right. are we doing here? Like, it's bye, um, bye, so fish. I know that there was, there were a lot of people that were um, not happy with the movie. Um, it wasn't what they, what they wanted from a Batman movie. Um, but it didn't I think do as well as the first. It didn't do. No, well, that's going to happen. No, the first one was a, not was a, always like sometimes well, with this, Matt, come on. 
That first Batman was, that was a fucking giant, that was a phenomenon. This was never going to do as well as the first one. They never thought that. Yeah. The other one also, Jack Nicholson in it. Like, as much as I love DeVito and Michelle Pfeiffer and Christopher Walken, those three don't add up to one Jack Nicholson. Like, it just doesn't. Yeah, but you'd think that a $400 million movie is going to get people to go to the... And it did. This is a big hit. This was the third biggest hit of the year that year, I think. I guess. It was over... This is a huge... It was 200-something worldwide. Well, I think it was 160 domestic. Okay. Um, so, like, this was a monster hit. Like, we're talking about this... What are we, in September? Yeah. This came out June 19th. Yeah. But this is a monster hit. I know it wasn't quite top 10. It was a 12th, but uh, Nick... This yeah, is, you know, right. yeah, This is our Patreon yeah. but still, uh, movie for, for still Nick. So, Nick really wanted us to cover this. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but like, this was still like in theaters, like in September. That's pretty wild. This is a monster. Hey, don't get me wrong. So in your dark comment, I think that the first one is dark and the first one is nasty in some ways. It is. I mean, the Joker character in particular, he does some pretty. Just kills people kills randomly. People. And, exactly. Right, yeah. yeah. So I like, but it was still, it was a lot more fun. Burns a guy alive. Yeah. yeah. It was a lot more fun. This is, this is just not fun at all. Um, I don't know. I, I don't have much more to say on this one. Do you? Uh, I guess not. I guess I'm, I mean, right, the Elfman think score is just the same. The Elfman score in Batman is one of my favorites all time. It's an amazing score. And yeah. it, it continues here, but it's I very like similar. what he did here with the little twist to it. Yeah. Um, and some of the things I think I who did, but a lot of He's it very is, is very reminiscent yeah. of that first one. Um, no, I, I'm, a, I'm disappointed. You don't like it more. I will say, so of the four movies, hopefully we cover the other two, but, um, uh, this is, you know, for me, it's Batman, the first Batman by a mile. Yeah. Then it's this one. Which is a big drop off, but yeah. this one, and there's a huge drop off between this and the third one, and then the drop off between the third and fourth is like, well, I mean, the fourth one is just like one of the historically <laughs> bad movies of all time. Um, is this from what you can remember? I think this would be my second favorite. And you three? I'm pretty so, sure three and four. Are okay, bad. How, you can't go much lower than a D. Oof, those two are going to be tough. I think you're being too critical in this movie. I'll say that, and maybe I'm being too kind, but you're being too critical. I'll give it a D plus if you give it a C plus. I'm not giving it a C plus. No, I'm not giving. I'll it a go D to a B minus. But you already said you'd do that. I didn't even have to cajole you. I'm sticking with my B then. Fuck you. Fine, I'm sticking to the D. You're going to recommend this movie, though. Oh, absolutely. Without a doubt. Can't do yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, I can't, can't not recommend it. I mean, I enjoyed this movie. I, it, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed yeah, watching it. All right, it. as long as you enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Um, all right, anything else? Nope. What's this fucking thing? All right, good. Hold on. Grumpy, huh? No, I just, it's just not fun watching this fucking movie. The penguin stole you. Oh, is that? The penguin stole you. Firstborn son. <laughs> All right, Soul Doctor. Never heard of this song ever in my entire life. Who hasn't heard this iconic? <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> well, uh, Nick had some problems finding some stuff on the Hot 100. There's a lot of weird stuff going 100 on. Hundred songs. I know. There's a lot of weird That's stuff. Hundred songs. <laughs> so we went off the rock. Well, sometimes we go off the other charts, yep. right? That's why we have them. So this was seven on the rock chart, <laughs> which is where we pulled it from. Right. It's not. We probably. We might. We might hit Foreigner. A couple you, times. You didn't really want to lean him to a more known song that maybe anyone's ever heard hey, before. I mean, uh, is, you know, All right, yeah, that's what we do here. Big right? spender, Nick. Uh, that's true. <laughs> we love Nick. Uh, we'll talk about whatever. I, I go off the rock chart sometimes, and we hadn't sure. talked about Foreigner before. Better than talking about something like Paul Abdul. Or, that's I don't true, know, I so. guess. Um, but I, so I hated Foreigner until today. Oh, I still hate them. <laughs> No, I don't hate them. I should say. I, I no, I really uh, hate. I, just, I really, hate really them. hated them. Hated them. It, yes, because one of the problems is this. Oh, I hate cold as ice. It's fine. Look, I, wait, it's, listen it's, to how cheesy this gets. Oh, I don't, it's fine. I mean, so bad. Eh. 
so bad. So that one. It's so, basic classic rock to me. It's a very basic. Well, it's because we've heard it on a million times oh on God, classic so rock stations. But that compared to some of the other songs in the same genre, same time period, nowhere near as good. I, I and, agree. And part, I, of it, part of it is the way they record it. His voice is, they love his voice. And I'm not, he has a good voice, but I'm not a big fan of it. It's just not what I'm looking for. It's a good voice, but not me. So what if we put Bobby McFerrin in Foreigner? <laughs> gold <laughs> but but so but they're so proud of his voice and he's so proud of his voice that he's always really so who, who, hot hold on mick he's, jones is no no mick jones is a guitar player it's uh lou graham okay oh uh, that's right, that's right. Okay. do i just okay. say his name right it is uh yes lou graham okay he and well yeah we'll talk about that little interplay in a second but lou, they love his voice so much so he's so high in the mix always and it it makes it doesn't it doesn't doesn't sound like a rock song anymore when he's so high in the mix he's like louder than all the guitars and bass and drums and shit it's like it's too it's too much so this song and um the other one is uh oh hot blooded i fucking hate that song too so those two like really dominated my opinion of Foreigner. And I didn't really think about all the other songs that, are, that they're associated with. So check those, this out. Those are their two biggest hits, I would say. They're, uh, right? They've got a couple more that are bigger. They do. No. Oh, 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 oh yeah. Well, those two, I guess I've heard the most. But they're huge. Yeah, they were huge. When we were growing up, if we were listening to Classic Rock Station, those 101, yeah. 102 point, whatever those were. 100.3 and 100.3. All over, all the time. Uh, but <laughs> what what's actually happening is they're the first band since the Beatles who had their first eight singles hit a top 20. Huh. How many albums do you think Foreigners sold? Oh, God. Well, they had a long run. Um, 45 million. 80. I mean... I always guess low. It's bad at this game. Dominant. Like, the people that are in... Um, oh, wait. That's a lot. Let me, uh, let, me, let me tell you who their contemporaries are here. Um... Sorry, I'll just got to scroll here. They have big songs. You know, I, I want to know what love is. Jukebox hero. Yeah. Feels yeah, like yeah. the first time, which oh. is a song I actually don't mind. It's fucking annoying how it renders on my phone. It's fine. Uh, but. Where'd it go? Fuck you. Son of a bitch. Ugh. I don't really want to find those contemporaries. Well, I wanted to, but just the way that it fucking renders on my, my phone sucks. So, so anyway, 80 million copies, a yes. shit ton, yes. right? We're talking like just more than Justin Timberlake, you know, just a ton, a ton yes. of albums. But this song isn't on its own album. The Soul Doctor. Yes. Soul, uh, so Lou Graham right. and Mick Jones have a problem. Like they have artistic issues. So this is 1992-ish. Right. Okay. But they've fought their entire career okay. together. So they started the band in 1976. Yeah. And it was those two and uh, Ian McDonald, formerly of King Crimson. Do you know them? I don't. I saw that. I don't know what that means. King Crimson is a pro is like definitely a prog rock band okay. um, from England. The most contemporary version has, um, has Tony Levin in it, which is, who is one of my favorite bass players. He's a phenomenal musician. He plays with Peter Gabriel, actually a lot of um a lot of iterations of King Crimson have the members have pay, played with with Peter Gabriel over time. One of my favorites is a song called uh, Three of a Perfect Fair uh, Pair." Listen to this change. So cool. One of my favorite bands. 
Yeah, you don't like any odd time signatures. You can't handle that. That's okay. Your kids will love it. So, 1976, they're formed. <laughs> they were formed. Uh, they formed in New York City. It's Mick Jones, Ian McDonald, both British, with um, with uh, with with um, with Graham, who's yeah. who's an American. And they're for like they're they're contentious throughout their first few albums. But what happens is in the '80s you start to see a lot of synth synths come in, and you've got you got uh, Mick Jones who wants to start doing more synth heavy ballads. And Graham's like, "We're a fucking rock band, you asshole." So it took them something like four years to put out their fourth album. Oh, wow. uh, called Four. And uh, and then yeah, then it was just contentious. And Green, Graham lives and leaves in like '90 or '91. I don't know if there was a contractual obligation, but they decided to put out a greatest hits album. So it's 77 to 87. As we go into this show, it's right. almost always, they, like, it, 99% of greatest hits albums are because of contractual right. obligations. Right. right. So, of course, and they do the same trick that everybody else does where they write three new songs for the greatest hits yep. and put it on there just to get some more sales, uh, get people to buy the, buy the album, and this is one of them. So it's not even off of, like, a real album. It's off of this greatest hits album. Interesting thing is, is um, they is Lou Graham and Mick Jones rekindle their relationship and they start doing albums again, like something like ninety four, ninety five. Thank they, God, they, 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 I know. I'm sure, sure the magic really is still there. But this um, this album though, this greatest hits is like really illustrates what these motherfuckers can do. So Soul Doctor, Prisoner of Love, and with with Heaven on Our Side are the three new ones, which I'd never heard of before. Mm. But you've got Jukebox Hero. Yes. Which, that's, I would say that this is my favorite Foreigner song by far. It's a great song. It's a good song. I think so. It's like a trip to the past. Double time. So cool. It's a good song. Yeah, so that hits number 26, um, but three in the rock chart. So that's outside of those eight hits, right? You got Hot Blooded. Hot Blooded hits number three. Cold as Ice hits number six. Head Games is number 14. Waiting for a Girl Like You is number two on the charts, which is a really pretty song. Oh, that, the keyboard in the beginning? Thomas Dolby from uh, She Blinded Me I With Science. That, yeah. Playing all the keyboard stuff. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's a good song. It's, good. I mean, it's, 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 it's a really pretty song. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty fine. song. It's not my cup of tea always, but I, I don't, and if this came on the radio, I wouldn't change the channel. Me neither. That hits number two. Urgent hits number four. Double Vision, number two. I Want to Know What Love Is. That's their first number one. Uh, Mariah carries it, uh, Carrie covers it 20 years later and it's fucking destroys it. Uh, that was yesterday, a song I didn't know. Number 12 on the charts. I Don't, I don't Want to Live Without You, number five. Dirty White Boy, don't, didn't know that one. That hit number 12 and feels like the first time. Feels like the first time. Hit number four. So these are all fucking, everything on this album is charting. There's like mm. 15 songs or 13 songs that charted. So they really did have a run. It did. This song came out long after that run, though. I, I don't know about you, but I mean, yeah, sure. The kids in school were all talking about Soul Doctor, but. Um, None of them were talking no, about it. No, 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 no one was talking about it. I, I, I no. never heard of this song. And so I ever. didn't know if, if Nick was a real you know, big fan of this Foreign? tune for me, or maybe he just was a big fan of Foreign. I was not. But, but then when looking through this chart, I was like, oh, yeah, that, that's them too. Like, I forgot I want to know what love is was theirs, and waiting for a girl like you was yeah, theirs. Yeah, I guess you, so. Because I think of it the like, kind of the keyboard and guitar heavy yeah. rock songs is what I think about. So they're uh, contemporaries. In the 80 album sales, Neck of the Woods. Um, Tom Petty, Meatloaf, 
George Michael, Chili Peppers, Journey, Van Halen, R.E.M., uh, Johnny Cash, Lionel Richie. All 80 million? Yeah. So all like... But some of those are like... Well, I guess one of them, but uh, George Michael, that doesn't count the Wham stuff though, right? I don't think it does. So, so yeah, George Michael's Michael would bigger. be bigger. Yeah. But, like Tom Petty though, that's a pretty big name. Oh, there's a... I, so Tom Petty sold Hot Chili Peppers too. Think of how many albums they've had. And they've sold as many as Foreigner? That's yeah. kind of disappointing. Foreigner kind of sucks. I mean, Foreigner kind of sucks. These songs are good. Eh, some are good. Some are okay. All the ones are just... Uh, besides, They're okay. Besides, it's like, all right, like Jukebox Heroes is probably their best. But that that's song's a good like, one. To me, it's like, okay. That's a, it's it's a well written song. That's a good one. It's it, it's it's fine. It goes double time. That's their and, best song. It's like that's not great. I think that's a very good rock song. So you're happy with them having as many records sold as the people you just mentioned. You're 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 content with that. Well, it's I mean you think that I have a, a like a huge love for all these motherfuckers. Like Tom Petty, I don't have a huge love for. Oh, Tom Petty's way better than Foreigner. He's all right. Oh come He's way simple, better. Say that on the mic, please. Tom Petty's way better than Foreigner. I have to look at his songs. Oh! That's terrible. He's got some take. really good songs that I love a lot. Like Don't Come Around Here No More is a, is a phenomenal song, but Running Down a Dream is okay. You know, that whole, what is that? Full Moon Fever? Is that uh, that album? I don't remember. I think that might be what it is. Sorry if I'm mistaken, but that album's all right. Um, You're So Bad's a great song. I've always had a, had a soft spot in my heart for that, but most of his songs, I just- Who else is on that list? You- uh, Oh, well, you're right. Yeah, read it again. Okay, so you Slowly. got... Oh, so starting... Uh, Tom Petty. Yep. Meatloaf. Right. Meatloaf or Foreigner? Fuck Meatloaf. Meatloaf sucks. Bad out of hell. I can't... Def- I, I like oh, Meatloaf more than Foreigner, but I... That, it was like my dad really liked Meatloaf, so I listened to it well, a lot. So I, grew up with it, so I can't... All right, I'll, I'll, I'll pass on Meatloaf. Next. George Michael. Well, I don't... The way I'm... George Michael's bigger, so... I do like, and I, I probably appreciate George Michael more than I appreciate Foreigner. Definitely. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, that's, they're, they're way better than Foreigner. <sighs> I mean, I, I like two albums. Yeah, yeah, we talked about that when we covered them on the show. Yeah, but. so Blood, Blood Sugar Sex Hat. better than Foreigner. Foreigner's that the best, album is the best song Foreigner. is a B-minus song they've ever done. No, no, no. Jukebox Heroes is probably a B-minus song. A-minus, B-plus. Oh, you're, you're a too. weird grader with your Batman takes and then your Foreigner takes. Try, hey, listen, I was the biggest Foreigner hater until this morning. I was like, oh, yeah. All and all of a sudden, now you like, love it. Yeah, you, well, I spent wearing some a Foreigner time. shirt while we tape is so weird. <laughs> <laughs> you got that <laughs> from me. I got my Foreigner. Oh, yeah, I'm not going to keep it. Okay, good job. R.E.M.? Oh, R.E.M. is a thousand times better than Oh, in what way? Besides Out of Time and Automatic for the People, what else do we got? Those two albums are good. Everything else is like not. What's the frequency? Didn't we cover them on the show? We uh, did, we right? did uh, uh, "Losing My Religion," which you thought was preachy, but those two albums are good. There's not that much. You on don't it, think though. four? You know, so okay, those two. I albums disagree are good. with you about those two albums, but let's just say there's those two albums. That doesn't make them better than. I don't think by so. Automatic for the People is a really good album, but it, it used to be one of my favorite albums, probably until my mid twenties. But I, it, but I like the song back, "Night okay. Swimming." It's a beautiful song. Absolutely, that's not on those albums. That's what I was later. No, that's on automatic for the motherfucking people. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. Don't I was step thinking, to right. me with you're right, R.E.M. You're right, you're yeah. right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, uh, yeah. Electrolyte's a good song. That's what I was thinking. I know you really like that one. Yeah, um, that's, that's not a bad song. Finest Work Song is a good song. It's a good one. It's those off, are not on those albums. No, well, f- those two aren't. You've, right? you've now named two R.E.M. songs. There's, a, there's 150 not on those two albums. But, uh, but I like both those songs more than anything Foreigner's ever done. Okay, then it's top heavy, though. There's probably, you, if you look at, if you look at Foreigner's best 13 songs versus R.E.M.'s best 13 songs, I don't think it's that far off. Oh, it is. Orange Crush is a good song. It's all right. Better than Foreigner stuff. Uh, That's not on those I albums. I think so. I'm not, and I'm not even talking about R.E.M.'s two best albums. I'm, yeah. And no, I'm naming songs. Yeah, Eponymous right. before. There's, oh, but they're, they're just kind of like, they're kind of goofy. They're almost, they might be Giants-ish when you go before Out of Time. It's a little like, it's a little like tongue-in-cheeky. It's a little, it's, they're, they're not great. They're not great. R.E.M., overrated band. 
Foreigner underrated, I think. Wrong on both counts. Okay, fine. So Journey. Oh, well, I mean. It's, it's yeah, comparable. Journey's better. But the thing is, so I've, I've had my come to Jesus moment with Journey. Yeah. So I kind of, same, like, same thing with Boston. I don't think Boston is the same amount of, I, I used to hate Boston, but I've come around on Boston. There, there's, there's some good songs. So I, f- I feel like I'm a little bit late to the party with, uh, with I like Foreigner. Journey more than Foreigner, but I'm not going to fight that war. In Van Halen, you can't fight. Of course, Van Halen's way better. Van Halen's better. But only the first half of Van Halen. Right. The second half I, is not good. I, Even for Unlawful Carnal Knowledge, which I do like that album, it's nowhere near as good as the But this is the, the whole total. So we agree yeah. Van Halen's better. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Right. Just even the first half. Yeah. Um, another one I didn't mention is Flo Rida. Was <laughs> <laughs> it Flo Rida? I don't know. Is a rapper, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I know nothing about yeah, that person, but they don't mean a lot to me. But R.E.M., Justin Timberlake, we both agree. He doesn't do that much for us. He's okay. I'd take Foreigner over Timberlake. Yes, yes, you would. Uh, Johnny Cash is on that. Oh, Johnny, I would take Johnny oh, Cash. Cash. Of course. Yeah, different. Of yeah. course. Lionel Richie, I would take over. Yes, that's right. Uh, Although, him, does that not count the Commodore I stuff? I don't think it does. But maybe that's a different... That falls under the I still camp, think though. Lionel Richie's a better... I agree. Yeah. I think of like... Um, uh, Easy Like Sunday Morning. Dance on the Ceiling. Dance on the Ceiling. Yeah, that, that whole time period. Earth, Wind, and Fire. That's a strange one. That has 90 million albums sold. That's more, though, so that doesn't count. Well, it's still, an, still a contemporary, I think. Mm. Then you got the Carpenters... And then Pink, Foreigner. which I would, have exp- I would have taken the over on, on Pink. But anyway, uh, that's the contemporary. And then slightly below 75 million is The Weeknd. That guy is going to sell a shit ton of albums. He's not old. No, I don't no, even no, think no, he's no, 30. No. Yeah, he's yeah. got 75 million I like, albums. I like The Weeknd with a Foreigner, no doubt. Uh, Alicia Keys. And, and then Foreigner. Usher. And then Christina Aguilera. I would have taken the over on that. She was only got 75 million. Yeah, well, she's always been kind of like, you know. Because she's, she's, you know, Pawtucket Britney Spears a little bit. I'm not saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying, simply saying record sales. Just, right. She's more talented than Britney Spears. Certainly, yeah. Um, yeah. She's always been kind of like, yeah, second best. But she's had, you know, she's had a good, you know, good on career. She has her shit together. She I does. want, you know, she could, she's someone that could have like a really nice residency in Vegas when she's in her 50s. And I Definitely. Bet do really well. Or whatever she wants to do. She seems to like have, she's always had her shit together much more than Britney has. Yeah, and as long as she takes care of herself, her voice will stay for a, a long time. She'll, she'll have a good voice for another 30 years, probably. So, 25 years. I think, yeah, I think she's, she's someone... I'd much rather be her I, I, by a mile than Britney Spears. Oh, my you God. You know what I mean? Like, her life? Like, yeah. Even taking away the, cons, like, the free Britney stuff, the conservatory stuff, you know, like... I mean, they're both sexualized as, you know, know. underage girls and, yeah. I mean, clearly on purpose, you know, to sell Oh, yeah, of course. To, to older folks but but yeah it seems like britney got the worst end of that yeah. for some reason I, I don't know sometimes it's not best to be first yeah or best to be sometimes it's not the greatest thing to be number one i agree so foreigner had five albums their first five albums all went platinum i mean they weren't fucking around they had they had, they had some good stuff but that's it this song's okay the one thing the one part of this song that i that i thought was pretty good soul doctor is um <laughs> Um, oh, did I fucking kill it? Oh, here it is. It's this, uh, the breakdown's kind of neat. What he's doing there on the guitar is he's, um, the guitar phrase is shorter than the rest of the band phrase, so it kind of loops around in a nice little round. It's kind of a cool thing, but uh, that's it. It's all right song. It's, it's an okay rock song. Uh, yeah. It's fine. It's an okay rock song. No, there's no reason for it to exist, especially by 1992. Well, they're trying to sell their uh, catalog. No, but there's no reason for it to exist. And actually, the album, I don't know if it exists anymore. It's not on Spotify. Oh, Because so, they redid like a 40th anniversary. The song was so hard to find. I was having <laughs> music. I'm like, what, what the fuck? Yeah. Uh, and I mean... Yeah, this is just a nothing to me. 
I get it. Like, Poland is kind of a nothing to me. Like, their yeah. whole existence. Yeah, well, they're, I mean, you're wrong. I, mean, I read off a list well, 80 of songs. Million, 80 million people would just probably disagree with me, so it's well, fine. We don't argue popularity here. We just... Uh, right. I mean, argue don't get me wrong, there's no, no Bobby McFerrin, but, uh, you know, they're doing yeah, the best thing. That joke will never get old, so. Oh, well, <laughs> most insane thing I ever heard in my life. Mm, no, it's the most insane right. thing you ever said in this show. That's, okay, fine. Then, I, then, <laughs> then my takes aren't insane. Oh, then my takes are rational and well-reasoned. Yeah. If that's the most insane thing I've ever seen. To say that, to say that Bobby McFerrin <laughs> is the best musician, possibly the best musician on the planet. Yeah, that's, that's, he, that's so fucking crazy. Dude. We'll name a better musician. <sighs> Like someone who's better on their instrument. I mean, there's there. I can think of a number of people alive who might fit that criteria, but but it's hard to argue one better than the other. Like Steve Vai, but you, I, I probably know him better better than you do. It's just because I listen to that style of music. Is there anybody who's not like a hundred years old? Do you think is a great? That's a, it's a talented that's a musician. Better, but no, it's not that I don't think they're talented. It's just do I think that they're better on their instrument than I mean, everyone you're mentioning is like a thousand years old. Yeah, I don't, I can't think of too many. They're kind of top echelon of. On, on maybe Yo-Yo Ma is a, is a v- extremely talented cello player. Another, another young person. Yeah, well, I, I would love to, you know, it, well, to be, you still grow, you still get better. You can still gain facility through your 40s, even in 50s. Like you don't, you don't lose a lot as long as you take care of yourself. I mean, if you start to get arthritis or something. Well, I mean, the voices go though. I mean, by McFerrin, I mean, like, you know. Oh yeah, and that's the thing with him is he is 70 years old and his voice is right. the same. Like he can, he still has the same facility as far as I can tell. Last I saw him, he was. You should go to that amazing. camp. This, the camp he wants you to do. I do, but you still haven't answered my question. Can you refute that fucking argument, asshole? Who's <laughs> a better musician? Uh, sure. I mean, I, I mean, for me, it's 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 anyone because uh, I think he's terrible. But, but that's, that's, that's not, not the answer. That's, we're not for. talking know, musicianship. We're talking about who do you? Yeah, if we were saying who do you like, I'm, Bobby McFerrin's not my favorite artist on the planet. Like I, I love. Radiohead more than I love Bobby McFerrin. That's, well, I think like Florence Welch's voice is much better than Bobby McFerrin. Is that Florence and, and Florence Machines? Machines? She does not have a good voice. Okay. Uh, she doesn't have a very good facility. And that, you do you like Florence and the Machines? I do. I like the That I like Dog her a lot. Day yeah. song is so bad. Oh, okay. It is such a bad song. Oh, yeah. I remember, I, I think I told you the You literally you. like, don't worry, be happy. Uh, so I didn't, I, as we, so. Huh, you you said you like the song. No, you can't frame this that way. Just did. Because I know you just did, but not everybody can hear it because it's on our Patreon show. So they're not going to actually hear my actual argument, which is it's nowhere near his best song, but it's not. But don't worry, be happy. If you look at it past the lyrics and you look at the depth of the song, there's like a lot of layers there. It's not a bad song. That, that's my argument. It's a fucking terrible song. Yeah, but you have nothing to back that up with. But, you're, but your Florence and the Machine take? Oh, this chick that I, uh, that I used to date, she brought, I, rem- I totally remember this. She was so happy. She's like, Matt, I've got this new music. I think you really love it. And pl- drop that CD, <laughs> and I just destroyed it right in front of her. It's such a that Dog Day song. You're an, is a- you're an asshole. So bad. So she says, "I have this. So I have this." Oh, I think you're really gonna like it. It's right. It's like yeah, your style. She's excited like, about it and everything. I'm like, you think that that's my style? Boy, you I'm fucking sh- idiot. She left you. <laughs> no, I left her. It's poor but, uh, no, poor no, girl. No, I was never that. I was never that mean. Of course not. But uh, but the Florence the Machine are terrible. You really showed me with that story. Yeah, but he's got a great. She's got a great voice. She's got great facility. You have no idea what you're talking. You just admit you have. No I never said anything about fucking facility. Clue. When I think facility, I think pissing your shit in the about, bathroom. You're talking about. You're talking about Tamber. I like her. Her tone. I like, I like the way her, her voice sounds. What I said. I'm talk. Yes, but you're not answering my question. Who is a better? Musician <laughs> on their instrument. Am I speaking I just English? One. I just, I, I would rather a, hear. I'd rather hear four. That's not the argument. You're, not you're, changing, you're right, changing the right, argument. Go ahead. Let me know when you're done. I'm done. Okay. I'd rather you're hear. Changing four. the argument. I'm done. 
I'd rather hear Florence Welch sing <laughs> Florence than Bobby McFerrin sing. So therefore, I think she is better on her instrument. That's uh, no, that's not that. You know yeah, the question. Is. You know, you know the question I'm asking. Yes, I just answered it. You didn't. That's not the answer. You like the way she sounds better. Yes, I think she's a better singer. Okay, she's not physically a better singer than Bobby McFerrin. She, she is to me. She's a better singer. No, you like her timbre better. That's different. Uh, having, being good on an instrument is not just the, the tone. It's also how fast they can play. It's how well they can hold their vibrato. It is the characteristic and tone, of course. But it's, it's all the other stuff. It's how, you know, how they can, what styles of music that can, they can sing. It's, it's not just the tone. Mm, okay, I'll tell you what. I'll put this in a way you can understand it. I'd rather hear Carlos Santana play the guitar than hear Bobby McFerrin sing. Okay, that, that's fine. You can, uh, that's a taste scenario. That is not mm. a facility on an instrument. You can't, uh, it's fine. You could just admit that you can't answer that question because you don't have enough well, knowledge Well, any answer to I give it. you apparently isn't the right answer, Matt. So I don't know, I don't know what, I mean. Do you I, not understand the question though? I do understand what you're saying. You're not understanding what my answer, you don't see, this is the problem is you don't understand how everyone else in the world thinks. You only can see it from your vision, and that's an awareness issue that you have. No, it's not, because I'm asking you. You're not. <laughs> you, you don't even think you're what not, I'm saying. You just answered, no, no, it's not. It's like, no, stop no, saying about what someone's well, saying to you. It's because we're talking past each other, because I'm asking a different question than you're answering. And you, but I know you know what I'm asking. You just refuse to answer because you don't have what, a good answer. What do you want me? What's the answer? Other than Bobby McFerrin to your question. So you understand my Steve I, Vi argument, right? My Steve, I, my Steve argument, Vi argument is no one plays the guitar better than him. Right. It doesn't mean I like his tone. I love Johnny Greenwood's tone more than I love Steve Vai's tone. But what I'm saying is no one's like faster, can play more different styles, you know, can sweep, can tap, can every technique on a guitar that's possible, Steve Vai can do. That's what I mean in terms of him being one of the best musicians on the planet on his instrument. You understand that, right? I do. Same thing with with uh, with with Bobby McFerrin. I'm not saying I like the timbre of his voice or even his songs better than everybody else on the planet. That's not because I don't like Steve Vai's songs better than everybody else on the planet. I'm just saying technically, skill level on his instrument, he is almost unparalleled, except for maybe Bobby McFerrin. I think. Are there other examples than that? I gave Yo Yo Ma as an example on his cello because yes. he he has super facility, great tone, awesome intonation. I've had the privilege of seeing him a few times live. And he's as good live as he is on a, on a recording. But there are very few musician, musicians that can really match up with that. Are there any others that you can think of that would destroy my argument? And I don't think you can think of any. I don't care about right. how technical someone is on an instrument. Most yes. people don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, all you're doing is you're, I care about how the But the you're song changing my sounds. argument to, to try not. to make you look bad. Yes, I'm, you I'm telling you, your argument doesn't mean shit to anyone but you. Do you think I'm the only one on the planet that that cares about someone's facility on an instrument? Because that's think, not true. I think the amount I mean, of people are, that do are very low. And it honestly doesn't matter. What matters is how the song sounds at the end of the day. What matters is how the movie is at the end of the day. You, you said, I like Christopher Walken's performance in Batman Returns, uh -huh. but you don't like the movie. Right. Okay. I don't even like Bobby McFerrin's voice at all. And I also don't, he, he's, he, I don't like acapella. I don't like his voice. I don't like the lyrics in this song. Every element of that song sucks. To yeah, me. but that's the song that has not the that's not the facility on his instrument. Okay, so Blackbird, I think he took a great song, so he had something great to work with, mm -hmm. and he fucked it up. Yep, he sounds well, horrible. Why? Because it sounds muddy and awful. It's, it's corny. It doesn't sound muddy. It's it actually lame. sounds crisp. You can sound. You I can think hear it sounds it. a lot more crisp than the Beatles do it. No, there's actually a lot of staccato notes in there because he has to do that in order to no do the arpeggiation. No, but you're arguing, you, you can't answer the why is my point. I can answer the why. You can say something sounds bad, but you can't say why it sounds bad. That's the difference. So if we're, if you and I are talking music on this program, 
we we have this choice. We could just say, oh, I like the way that sounds and then be done with it. Or we could try to dissect like why we like that sound or we don't like that song. And so the reason why, you know, I'm here partially is because I can say the why. Like I can tell you why something sounds good or something does not sound good. And part of the reason why, if you don't care about someone's facility on an instrument, I can understand why you wouldn't like Bobby McFerrin. If you truly don't like the sound of his voice, I truly think that the sound of his voice is amazing. I think he's got a great tone and timbre, but I can also break down the other elements beyond just the sound of his voice. If you read a book. If I read a book or wrote a book? If you read a book. Okay. okay. I've, I've read, yes, I've, yes, I know. I've read you read. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you read a book yeah. and you don't like it. Now this writer though, he, no one uses syllables better than this writer. He's like, this book fucking sucks. Who cares? Doesn't matter. Yeah, but part of my enjoyment of music is hearing someone be good on their instrument. But that's your enjoyment. That's not the enjoyment of most people. I don't know. I can't quantify that, but I know that there's at least millions and millions and millions of people who actually care about the facility of people on their instrument. Really? It's people who like jazz. It's people who go to music school. It's not just this tiny subset of like people who live in their parents' basement. It's not that at all. It's like a huge subset so of people. Why don't we see more of those people then becoming more popular then? Well, the hot hundred. You, well, we know the record companies really are trying to produce, are trying to promote uh, material that to the kind of the lowest common denominator, the average person, because they want to stay. You're, you're right. So, what's not offensive to the most amount but of people? There's still other groups there out don't there want that are challenging music. It's the same reason why you like the non, you, you like uh, '90s cinema. It's because you had directors start to take over and they got to do more artistic sure. things. Same, right. same thing. Or why you like a nasty movie and maybe I don't like it as much because you can see beyond, you can see beyond some of the stuff. Because you don't see nasty movies that often. People, right. are, people right. aren't able to commit to that yes. as much, particularly in a, it's True. something that we're going to see in a movie theater. True. A lot of times you don't do well in the box. They don't, right. exactly, right. But that doesn't mean, but you can see it because you have an evolved understanding of what makes a, a movie tick. It's also taste, though, but, too. But, I mean, yes, but you have an, you have an evolved intelligence. There's a lot of evolved movie fans that don't like nasty movies. I know, but you also, right, but you also have an evolved sense of comedy, too, because you've studied it. You, you don't, you get, a, you, you get annoyed by, by mainstream, um, uh, like, lowbrow, um, improv comedy, like whose line is it anyway? Because it's just the low, it's these little games. They're not, they're, right. you just got bored by it. Right. Tacky. And like, it's tacky. Yes, like yes. maybe as an eight year old, you might've liked it, but right. you know, past that, it's like, this is just a child's play. Yes. Like we're evolved past that. I see the skill, you know, what skill level it takes to do that versus the other improv comedy that you've done. It's the same thing with me. It's the same thing. Uh, I, uh, yes, I guess there's some truth to that. I just think the way you deliver it and the awareness you have while you deliver it is odd to me, but I mean, it makes our show interesting. Maybe I'm sure I could do it in a nicer way. I don't know nicer. I think a more, um, uh, I don't know. I think this is a, a more, uh, let's say, I don't want to say blue collar, but a more like human way of, of saying it maybe, or more. Okay, it's a fine line because I could just say, oh, I really like the way this song sounds. And you could just say, no, I don't really like the way this sounds. And then we could talk about the Wikipedia of, you know, where no, they're from and how they got to get, I, we right. don't want to do that. No. Like, that's not fun. The, my goal is to really say, and it would help me, I'm going to try some stuff here pretty soon, but it would also help me if you spoke a little more of the language. And I'm not necessarily putting that on you. I'm putting that on me, not explaining it well enough but it's partially your interest. But our audience doesn't know the language. Some of them do. In fact- I know, I know some do, but, but generally speaking, they don't. But then what are we doing talking about music? If, if my special skill set is I can tell you the why, but the, the why takes some, like you have, there's some- If we start using shorthand music, no one's gonna fucking, I'm no not, one's gonna understand anything we're saying. I'm not doing that. It's like you can, <laughs> that's not what I'm talking about. That's not what I'm talking about. Uh, but with Bobby McFerrin, it's very easy to see. He's fast, 
He's crisp. He can sing multiple parts at once, which is incredibly difficult to do. And he's a great improv artist on his instrument. And as I said, no one has yet been able to tell me who is a better musician than Bobby McFerrin alive on the planet. No one. People in our chat were giving me fucking shit about this. <laughs> Fuck off. I just defended this for 45 fucking minutes on a podcast. And now you're going to go after me in the fucking chat about it? You get it? too angry about it too, maybe. It's, no, I mean, it's, it's just, just so show. annoying. It's, it's show, just so man. annoying. Give me a better answer then. Tell me how I'm wrong. Give me the why beneath it. And if you but can't, if fuck you, off. But if someone gives you an answer, then you just don't accept it. And you just like, and you just, no, no, and you no, 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 being stupid. No. I bring up Florence Welch. She's like, oh, one time I, you know, I told my girlfriend, <laughs> she's like, stupid she was, was, you know, <laughs> mentally challenged for liking it. It's like, all right, well then, Matt, I don't know what to tell you. Well, I, you know, there are a lot of people who like things differently. The problem is if yes. someone likes a music, someone likes music differently than you, you don't, you don't respect it. You just think of them as idiots. That's not true at it all. It is. No, that's not true at all. It absolutely. You just no, did it. No, you just not, told a story. Now you did exactly no, that. I don't Your like. Story. I don't like uh, Lou Graham's voice, but I can respect that other people will and, and do. It's it's the same thing. Uh, I just know that Florence is not like I've listened a good amount to her. She's not like she's fine. She can sing okay, but she's not a she is not a better musician than Bobby McFerrin. And if you use that, you should have said something like. I mean, Clapton would be a kind of a bad example because we've kind of talked about him. Everyone before, you mentioned is a thousand years old. Do you have anyone that's like born, you know, after us that you can mention in this list here? As a musician on their instrument? Sure. But you can't name any. At least I can name I some. I just name one. I name I said four and swans. I like hearing her sing. I know you and then like. You, and then you say I'm stupid. So, right, I didn't right, 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 tell you. Well, I didn't call you stupid, but I did say that she's like, she doesn't have anywhere near the same facility as Bobby McFerrin. You're going to have to do better than that. But still, see, I think you're hung up on the wrong things. Or maybe you're hung up on things that no one else But I musician. About. Do you understand what that means? Musicianship. It's like the ability to play music on an instrument. I understand what so you're it's saying, not just the, I get it. But I get it. I, I, I'm not I've never up. played an instrument. So you're asking me to understand something that I've never done. Right. But then you try to undermine my argument but about I can care, But I can have an opinion about the song and say, oh. I like the song. I think the songs, I think Bobby Farron's songs sound like shit. I know. And we did that. And that's fine. But then when you attack him as a musician or you think it's a crazy take that I think that it he is, is an, a crazy take that he's an excellent musician is yes. not a crazy take. It is. If I said, I love this fucking song, that's a crazy you take. You say he's the greatest musician alive. That's fucking insane. Who else is better? Uh, Refute it then. I mean, Matt, I'm guessing if you asked a thousand people, I'm guessing names like Paul McCartney might come up. I mean, but he's, he's also, but he's also a thousand years old. Too, he's a good but. musician, but he's not, he doesn't have more facility on any one of his instruments than he does than, than Bobby McFerrin. He just doesn't. Sting's a better bass player than, than Paul McCartney is. There are many player, people who are better singers than him. I mean, Paul McCartney's a great writer. He can play bass well, and he can sing well. So as a total, like in a, as a total package, he's, he's certainly very good, but not as good as like Steve I or, or yeah, some of the amazing musicians that, that are alive out there. See, I, I, I give you credit. You're doubling down. You're, it's not about double no, down. No, it's just, but you haven't, you know but you I, haven't I wish, backed off. I wish that someone would give me a good argument, would, would be able to tell me who's better as a musician, and no one has yet to be able to Because anyone who's that. anyone mentions, you're just going to say well, you that say you don't Prince, know what you're talking about. It's like, all right, well, then, well, like, say, it's not really a very fun discussion for the Prince, person. Prince is a great example of that. In a, as a total musician, I would take Prince over I would, as I would, more than I would take Bobby McFerrin. Okay. But if you go, if you go like Prince vocals versus Bobby McFerrin vocals, well, Bobby McFerrin is, he, he can do more stuff. So he's got, a, he, he's, he's a better musician there. Even though I would take Prince in total, of course. So you're, so you're, you're saying, just so I'm getting this right, because I'm, you're saying that, let's say Prince is still alive. You would still say that Bobby McFerrin's a better musician on his instrument, I guess, than Prince is. Yeah, but I would take Prince totally because Prince as a phenomenal singer, a phenomenal guitar, guitar player, player, but he's yeah. not the best. He's still, so he's a great. Yeah. And 
you know, all the other contributions with the, the way that his writing and all that, his influence has been infinitely more important than Bobby McFerrin has. But just if, if you took one element of Prince versus one element of, of Bobby McFerrin, Bobby McFerrin's better as, as a singer than Prince is either as a singer or as a guitar player, not as both. Of course. Well, maybe one day the rest of us will come around and, and respect Bobby McFerrin. Maybe 100 years from now, 200 yeah. years from now, maybe he will be, you know, they'll make statues Thanks. of Bobby McFerrin somewhere. You make jokes, but still you can't come up with a good argument. So I, it's okay. I, 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 it's not really, not really. All I'm asking is a lot name, of fun to have the argument. I mean, name one. But like the thing, I would name names. And you're just gonna be like, well, you don't know what you're talking about. You're not, you don't, you not know what timbre means. It's like, all right, all right. Well, then I'm not going to fucking have that conversation with you. It's not, it's not a lot of fun on the other end. So you're saying you have more names. You're just afraid to tell me. I'm not afraid of, is like I'm saying you're going to be like, well, that's not an instrument or that's not a musician or that's not, you're just going to like, it's, it's not about, see, from, I'd rather argue the quality of something than the, um, like the technical element of like some weird, like semantic battle you want to have. Like that's not fun for anyone. Well, um, like Kanye West makes much better music than, than, um, Bobby McFerrin does. But you can be like, well, Kanye West doesn't really play an instrument. You're not really listening to his timbre or he did this with his song. It's like, all right, well, if you're going to pick apart in that way everything I'm going to bring up, then it's not really fun. Well, that's not fair because you know I care about Kanye West and I think he's sure. a genius at what he does, yeah. particularly as a producer. And no, I would, I would count his, yeah, I would, I would call him more of a writer than I would call him a musician, even though he's a great rapper too. So yeah, he's a, as, a, as a rapper, he's so a So anyone I bring up, you're going to then uh, poke semantic Kanye. holes into anything I say. So it's like, all right, what's the, it's not really, we're just going to go around in, in this weird circle. We're going to be like, well, I said in timbre, or I said this. And it's like, all right, well, all right, I don't know. I don't think that's a fair argument. That's not what I do. But the problem that you're asking, the, the problem that, that, that we're going to have is there are reasons why music is good or bad. And to describe what those reasons are takes a technical precision and a technical language. Like I am describing that technical language. And for me, if I'm going to tell people why I like Bobby McFerrin, people who hate acapella music, I get it. A lot of people like hate country. I get it. I'm one of those guys except for a small minority of country. Sure. Uh, people hate acapella music. They think it sounds like where in the world is Carbon San Diego. I get that. But if, if you stop at that level, you're not going to see the brilliance. People won't understand the brilliance of, of what Bobby McFerrin can offer the world. And I get that. If you can't get past that, you'll never like Bobby McFerrin. I get it. Same thing with Rufus Wainwright. I've, I've, I've brought this up before. He has an odd voice. He has a supremely talented voice. And I've said, I think he might be the best writer on the planet right now. I don't know. He's an amazing writer. But if you can't get past his voice, it's a unique voice, then you're never going to like him. It's the same thing. If you can't get past the acapella, you're, not gonna, you're, no, you're never going to like Bobby McFerrin. You're, not, you're never going to see the stuff that he can bring to the table. You know what the real root problem is of all this? Is that you don't respect my opinion on music. You don't respect anyone's opinion on music. That's not true at all. Oh, no, 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 no. You respect your opinion so much greater than anybody else's. So because of that, and maybe you have reason to, you, were, you did study it. So I'm not saying these reasons are invalid. But if, if that's, like when we talk about movies, I, I, well, I'm probably more the movie guy in this show, but I, we, we have the back and forth. When this case, the back and forth, if it gets too beat, then it becomes like kind of like you're gonna like them yeah. lecture me. The back and forth stops a lot of times because you uh, you shut it down. Like you don't want to hear it. You're just like, oh, I hate this, and there's and I there's no I could never say anything that would make you say, oh, okay, well that's an interesting angle to it. Yeah, okay, I don't like this Bobby McFerrin. Oh, Bobby McFerrin's trash because I don't like this one acapella song, and I don't like this. Oh, I don't like coming. any of his acapella songs. Any ones that I've heard. Yeah, okay. Well, that's fine. But you can you can stop by there. And there's no reasoning. Like, I'd never be able to say, okay, well, yeah, but he can like, sing really fast and really accurate. He's got a huge range. He's got a cool touch. Like, there's elements to him as a musician that, that you're Do you think it's on me? It's not on you? What do you mean? No, you I'm just saying I can't. Uh, you won't accept that. I'll, t I'll tell you here's why I like it, and you won't accept it. 
No, we had back and forth on Foreigner. I mean, Foreigner, is, I, was, I really hate Bottom of the Fern. I really hate that song. So that's, a, that's, a, like, that's almost like a, um, that's like a bottom five example. song for me. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's a terrible, terrible, terrible song by someone who makes terrible, terrible, terrible music. Well, so I was, no, I respect musical taste or I respect musical critique when it's someone who knows what they're talking about. That's it. There you go. And that's the roots. See, that's what you always go back to. And you can't do that if you don't do the show with me about music. Because guess what, motherfucker? I'm the one sitting here, bitch. So if I'm the one who's here, then you, then you have to then, we have to meet, meet me halfway. We work around it. That's all. We just have a difference of an opinion. No, it's not, to- it's not a different opinion. It's a difference of your opinion is worth more than mine in your, in your mind. And it's not even wait a minute, wait a minute. Is your opinion worth more in your mind when it's re- regard to movies? Not necessarily. Comedy? We go back and forth on it. Yeah, not necessarily. No, no, no. But is your opinion worth more in your mind than mine? Of course it is. Um, Come on. I don't know. I, uh, me, uh, on improv, certainly. Yeah. But, like, we don't, but, but I don't do an improv show with you for a reason. I don't do a comedy show with you for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, well, we do a music show. So. Well, we do a movies and music show. We do a right. pop culture show yes. and there's music. Right. And there's a reason why. Like, but I, Yes, but if, if I couldn't bring anything else to the table than what you could bring, then we wouldn't have a show. Like, this would just be two people be, talking the same be language. It'd be a funnier show. Hmm. <laughs> that's for sure. Be a lot more laughs. I, I, but that's, that's the root element. Is you, gotta fig, you have to figure out a way to like come to Jesus with my in your opinion, lack of music knowledge, and then find a way to, to make it work. But I don't that, have a problem with it, but you can't, you'll never get to the point where you will accept my arguments. You'll I be- do. I do accept your arguments. I'm not going to accept the audience. That's fucking madness. And by the way, everyone in the, everyone I've ever told this to is like flabbergasted by it. So it's not, you know, you have to, I think you, there's so many things going on. A, your awareness of the world or lack thereof of like with some of the music stuff. And then B, the fact you just have no respect for my opinion. Yeah. So my awareness of the world isn't relevant uh, when it comes to my 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 critique of a song, a piece of music, it's how I hear it and how I understand it, based on the experiences that I have. So once again, if we're gonna, but if it's we're delivering gonna, that message, but though. if we're gonna appeal to popularity in, as a reason, like that's never gonna fly with me. Like I can't, I can't be that way. Or otherwise, I'd love everything that's on the Hot 100. No, I love no, no, it's just delivering that message. If you have a, well, you, you have a unique to, take, it's a good to be, thing to have. I'll try to be nicer about it, I guess. <laughs> be nicer. <laughs> just need to, just like I, I, I don't even know how to explain it. I guess I guess I'm not doing a good job explaining it. Uh, I don't just like be more. I don't know. Just I say have more fun with it or be more relaxed about it. But maybe maybe not. Maybe it's good that it, like I think this is like interesting. So I think a lot of times I'm fun with it. But I would I, probably I, want to hear this. So maybe you should. Maybe maybe this is the right way. Maybe the way we're going is the right way. You know what I mean? Like, let's just change it. I think we should change it. I'm just, I'll read from Wikipedia. No, we'll I didn't the song, say like, that. Oh, I good. Did never said that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying your messaging is obviously not very good. If everyone constantly disagrees with you and gives you Every, shit. Yeah. You know, like, well, at some point it's like, all right, you know, you know, there's something there, you know, right. You know, my dad used to always say, if one person calls you a duck, fuck him. Two people call you a duck. Oh, that's weird. Three people call you a duck, find a pond. Like if, you know, there's enough people saying the same thing at some point, but maybe not. But like I said, this is entertaining to me. I would probably want to hear this. So maybe this is a good thing. I don't know. I think most of the music that we cover, I'm not so it's I'm not so attached to it as I am something like Bobby McFerrin or someone like Radiohead or some you know some of my favorites. Yeah, if fair. we go, if right. we, I agree that right. that happens. Like Foreigner today, for instance. Yeah, right. like, neither of us really have, an attachment. No, we're gonna have yeah. fun with it, even yeah. if I like it more than you do or right. think that they're better than you think they are. Um, but, wait, but I but I agree with some of the takes you had there. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. But in this particular, we're talking about Bobby McFerrin here, right. who means a lot to me. So and who I hate. Yeah, I think you just hate it because I like it. That's, that's not a, true. That's pretty much what's I, going I hate Bobby McFerrin in the eighties, long before you were you ever. Hated a, this, you hated this. This. Yeah, but, you were, but I was a. 
That was a twinkle in your eye. You were hoping for me is what oh, you're about God, to say. No. <laughs> <laughs> something, something seriously went wrong if I'm debating this fucking song. What, 25 years later? Jesus Christ. Or 30, so it's like 30 years later. So yeah, what a mistake I made. I don't oh. think so. Yeah. Every day. Every day. Uh, all right. Anything else in this fucking foreigner? Or Bobby Farron you want to bring up? No? No. I, I think we've also, like, we've killed my, I'm lucky we're recording it here, too, because uh, we've, we've maxed my capacity on my card on this thing. Really? Yeah. Oh, boy. It's fine. We're, we, we've got it over here. It, might as well do an hour and a half show. What the fuck not? Uh, I like, tell, you personal story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were we the headlines ready for the last episode, the last weekend's one. Um, so personal story. Uh, I just I thought, so um, this was like the first, this is right around the, the time I had a sleepover that was very, um, oh, it was a big sleepover for me right, for some reason. Uh, it's my buddy Pete's birthday. And it's just one of those really fun parties that, I don't know, like kind of just like, uh, I don't know, uh, was I- iconic in, in our little world of like just kind of everything kind of came together for like a really fun time. Mm-hmm. So um, it was me and about like, I don't know, my buddy Pete, is my buddy Pete's birthday. Uh, I'm in, this is uh, right about where we're going to go into eighth grade here. So it's seventh and eighth grade. I think it's a great age for, it can be a great age. I can't imagine it's a great age to be a parent, but it's a lot of fun if you're that age with we're your buddies. Top of the food chain in your junior high. Yeah. And also just like you and your friends, like, ha- I don't know, like at that point, like, I don't know, it's just, it's just a fun, you start to like, figure out who like your guys are going to be. And you're just having fun with your, with your, with your buddies. It's just a really good time. And we had a birthday party and uh, one of my friend, uh, Henry, this is the same Henry that threw the solar car. Yes, in uh, one of the stories Christ. we told. Committed at, assault. At a teacher. Yes. <laughs> I think it was a Patreon episode, but uh, my buddy Henry threw a solar car at a teacher. Uh, but before that, um, he's, he's, he's still a, a very good friend of mine, but he's always had a horrible allergy to Cool Ranch Doritos. Oh, no. um, so I thought I'd talk about that a little bit today. Henry's allergy to Cool Street. So um, me and my buddy Peter were getting stuff ready for the party. I, I was Peter's best friend, so I got there a little early. We were kind of just planning out what we we're going to, you know, a food for the party, and then b just to kind of like what we're going to do for fun or what we're going to do, or and then we're just obviously just being stupid, uh, you know, teenage boys. So uh, we begged his mom to go to the store and um, get snacks. But Peter and I made a plan. The only snack we're going to get is no, Cool Ranch Doritos. No. Because <laughs> Henry has explosive diarrhea when he has Cool Ranch Doritos. So, uh, <laughs> so <laughs> remember his mom's really puzzled. And we're like, no, no, kids really love Cool Ranch Doritos. So we get like four giant bags of Cool Ranch Doritos. We go back. We put them out there. Henry walks in and you could see his face. It was just like, because also the, the, the sad irony is Henry loves Cool Ranch Doritos. <laughs> So he, he, he restrains, you know, Pete and I are watching him. He's restraining himself for, I don't know, a good hour and a half. Finally, he ends up just... just no. <laughs> and he spends the rest of the entire party just having just explosive diarrhea. Uh, another friend of ours, uh, he's the only one... He, his parents had a pretty strict bedtime. Uh, his name was Jared. And he fell asleep uh, around, know, like around 10 o'clock at night. So obviously, he put his hand in warm water. <laughs> around like 10.30, he darts out of his sleeping bag. And he runs and takes a shower. And we're like, oh, what happened, Jared? Like, oh, what's up? And he's, you know, we, we didn't tell him. We put his hand in more water, you know. And, and he was, uh, you know, just saying, oh, I had, to, I had to take a shower. I felt gross. I just, I woke up. I had to take a shower. And uh, that same party, we also watched uh, our first, like, hardcore porn. What? Yeah. Like, we had, like, so, this is probably hard, really hard to, ex- to explain to anyone who's younger than us. Because, you know, it's so accessible now. I mean, so, like, we had, like, we would pass around, like, videos of, like, like, Playboy, like, videos. Like, I remember, like, there's a Jenny McCarthy video that went around. Or, like, Anna Nicole Smith video. And it was, but it was, like, it wasn't, like, hardcore porn, though. It was pretty tame. Yep. It was, like, Cinemax stuff. Right. 
Um, this was the first like hardcore, like legit one. It was a, uh, I remember <laughs> we still, we still talking about, it. we still go around with it. The actress's name was Betty Big Ones, but Big Ones was one word. So yeah. it was like a big owns, you know, but, but that's, you know, and she obviously had very large breasts. And, uh, so we're all watching this party and, uh, my buddy Pete was kind of forced to invite his neighbor who he was a nice enough kid, but he was, he was a couple years younger than us. Oh. So I think it might really been his time seeing anyone naked ever. God. Know? And so we put the movie on and all of a sudden he goes, she takes off her clothes. She gets fully undressed and he goes, ew. And we're like, what? That's a little out of place. Yeah. When you're, but no, you get it. I mean, he's, 10 he's, years later though, he comes out, of the, or he comes out of the closet. Very oh, happy gay okay, man. Right. He's doing great. Uh, and he, he's, he's a nice guy. Uh, but yeah, but it, I'm sure for him must have been super well, awkward. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. Yeah, he probably had yes. questioning stuff or whatever. Sure. Yeah, so he goes out to you, and that was that was a. Uh, but yeah, so we were all kind of like, you know, you're watching those, and I'm sure a lot of guys. I don't know if this happened with you too, but like the first time you're seeing it, you're you're seeing it with a group of your friends because is that happen? I don't know if that happened with like the first time you saw were you alone. I don't think I think so. I think it was probably on maybe like late at night. Cinemax or something. Well, Cinemax didn't have hardcore. Okay, so I don't, I don't know that. Like, this is like legit, like X-rated. Like, I'm not sure what. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, this, this was, this is why it was a game changer. Obviously, we had watched, you know, Cinemax or, or you did like I remember as a kid, you try to like watch the like the static on the TV, trying to like watch through the the static, you know, because any even like a a, a pixelated boob or something. (laughs) When you in the 90s or the late 80s, like you know, you didn't have a lot of options. It's not like today where everything is was accessible. So uh, a lot of guys, I know this was even an episode of Freaks and Geeks, but like the first time they watched Hardcore Porn, like, they were all like in a group. And it, it, this, I, I talked to a few other guys too, and they all had kind of the same experience, which is a weird way to do it. Like to like- So strange. You're kind of watching it and you're like, you're kind of like, you know, obviously you're excited. And it's like, it's, it's yeah. but then you're also like aware that like you're with yeah. six of your no, buddies. It's strange. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm guessing it doesn't happen anymore. Because- I would imagine not. I think that- It's so accessible on the internet. Yeah. Um, the poor Henry, though, back to the Cool Ranch stuff, like, uh, you know, we would, that same summer, I'm thinking about the end of summer now, because we're obviously, we're actually Matt and I taping this on Labor Day, yeah. so um, this was the first, like, of what I call, like, my Sandlot summers, I had three in a row, where all of us guys, you know, a lot of the guys that party, we'd all meet at the lake, I lived near Bull Lake, and we'd all meet there, and we'd all go play home run derby, and so we got hot, then we go jump in the lake, and then we go play more home run derby or we play a knockout. You ever play that? Which one's knockout? You're, it's like basketball, but like you're in like a line and you shoot. And if you miss your shot, if the person behind you makes a shot, you get knocked That's out. That's right. So we play either knockout or home run derby all day yep. from like 11 a.m. until, uh, until it started to get dark. Yep. And then we'd all go home. Um, but then we'd obviously, we had two, we'd go for lunch. So we'd have two stores in town. We had Thorns Country Market, which also did like pizza, no subs, just pizza. Yeah. Um, and they had snacks and sodas and stuff. And then Isenglass, which didn't have pizza, they only had snacks and sodas and stuff. And so, you know, we did a lot of the pizza, as I'm sure you can imagine. But sometimes you get tired of the pizza, you just yeah. eat snacks, which is, isn't very healthy. But that's just what we, you know, that's what we did. And, um, but sometimes we'd like, if you lost in Homer Derby, your job was you had to go and get the food. Or if you were just like, remember, sometimes I'd be like, I'm bored. I just want to go and just take a ride and just go get food. So, but anytime like we did that, we always had, we always like, whatever Henry ordered, we just disregard and bring him back. Cool Ranch Doritos. <laughs> oh, no. so, and then, so we went to two different houses, went to my buddy Mike's house, which uh, was right across the street from the lake, but he wasn't home a ton. So we would go and that, he had a home run derby field in his yard. So, but we uh, wouldn't, right. but he wasn't home a lot. So most of the time we'd go to my friend Jared's house, Jared, the kid that pissed his, his sleeping bag. Yes. We'd go to his house a lot, but Jared's mom had a rule. You could not go in the house no matter what. You could, you couldn't go in the house. No, under no circumstance can you go in the house. What a terrible woman. This is, geez, so she's passed. 
But uh, you cannot go Plot in the, the house in any circumstances. So, like, you know, we'd always have to go. And this is New Hampshire. There were a lot of woods around. So he'd go and piss in the woods. Yeah. But poor Henry, because we always get in the cool <laughs> ranch. There were so many times this kid was shitting in the woods. Aww. So a few times he's like, <laughs> he'd be like, he had to ask one of us to go, ask Jerry to go into the house. And then he's bringing him some toilet paper. Oh. <laughs> It was like, it was just a disaster. Uh, but that was. Uh, you guys are cruel to Henry. The, uh, the lake had uh, like an outhouse. Yeah. One outhouse. But I don't know what happened. I don't know if this was a thing more than I. I feel like outhouses are a little cleaner now. Not that I'd go in them. It wasn't an outhouse, a porta potty. I feel like porta potties now I feel like a little bit cleaner. Not that I yeah. go in them that much. But yeah, yeah. I don't know what happened with this one or what, but like I feel like they maybe cleaned it like once a year. So like this thing's over the end of the summer sitting there all like, fucking stunk. So like. Yeah. You really didn't want to. It's like, oh, Jared's house is a mile away from the lake. It's like, oh, if I have to shit, I have to, like, am I going to make it? Like, what do I do? Like, so you'd have, like, shitting was like a big no go when we were growing up. Like, he didn't really want to have to shit. It was like, it's too bad you couldn't, you just, your options were limited. I so, mean, but that's something that if you would have figured it out, it would have made your summer so much better. It was great. I still had a great, yeah. I, I, so we had so much enjoyment from Henry. But then, so flash forward to a couple years ago, I, uh, it was Henry's 40th birthday party. So I gave him, um, I gave him a nice gift, but then I also gave him uh, uh, Cool Ranch Doritos wrapped in toilet paper. Yeah. You know, yeah and yeah. I gave him, I, you know, right kind. And he's, he's, he's the funniest thing, Chris. It's something I never told you guys. So what's that? And he's like, I'm, all, I'm actually more allergic to Oreos, but I never dared tell you guys because I know that you have to, He's like, that's even worse for me. I wonder what the fuck in, this, in these products that he's allergic to. I don't know. Could be one of the oils that it's cooked in, maybe. I don't know. You're obsessed with the oil because you said that was the thing with my uh, pulled pork. You claim the oils as well for that. Pulled pork. Remember oh. I had the uh, Gillette Yeah, I had diarrhea. Could have been that. Yeah, I wonder. Uh, yeah, poor Henry. I mean, he would just, I mean. Poor guy, He never yeah. shit his pants as far as I know. <laughs> I guess it's pretty a, good. a victory. For yes. all the times we, we forced <laughs> Cool <laughs> Ranch. Basically, he had uh, choice either going hungry or getting Cool Ranch. Or milk will some, a milk product will do that, but I don't know if they would have that in the Cool, cool ranch? ranch. It seems like a strange. Or, and then the Oreos, he says, are worse. Oreos are worse. I think it might be the oil, the fat that they use. Sometimes that's what, it, that, that's what, like, the vegetable oil. I don't know what's in there, but that's, that's crazy. Poor kid. Poor Henry. <laughs> Why is he friends with you? So who do you feel worse for, Henry or Jared? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, pro- Henry, I think? Yeah. That's, that sounds, like, more painful. It was three, more, and it was, you know, it was, it was so three, long. It was three summers of this. Yeah. We, we would just constantly find different angles to somehow get him to eat Cool Ranch Doritos. We tried yeah. to think of anything we could to get him to eat Cool Ranch Doritos. As a, as a, you guys, we would play you guys it are out. terrible. Like we would call, like I call my buddy Peter on the phone and be like, all right, how can we get, what's, what's the next step? What's the next layer to this? So we can get Henry to enjoy some more cool. Do you enjoy Cool Ranch? Rita? I like No, I don't like the cool. I like the, the original. Oh, that's uh, nacho cheese. Yeah, I like the nacho. Uh, you like the fine. Cool Ranch better? It, it just has a strange, a strange flavor, I think. It's, good. it's kind of minty in, in that ranch, you know? Oh, it's good no, stuff, I right? Like it. No, it's not, it's not my thing. But I, I, I haven't had a Dorito in. Oh, you can't have 30 years? Have corn. That's right. In 30 years? Maybe. No. Yeah, because it never, it was never my, I like regular chips better. Like well, you're allergic to better. corn though. Yeah, but I didn't know that till, I didn't know that till maybe so you can five have, or six years ago. Right. So you can have, right now you can have like, you can have a Lay's potato chip. Yeah, I got a potato but chip. But you can't have a tortilla chip. It's uh, I don't eat, tor- no, I don't. Yeah. Or any non-fructose corn syrup. So any of the sodas with the, with the corn, a lot of things have corn syrup in it. Boy, if you, I, you know, if you were a kid and grew up with us and we knew that about you, we would have. I would never tell you because I, I knew. We would have figured it out, though. I, I, I knew it. I, I would never be able to trust you with my feelings. Yeah. I'd figure that out pretty quick. Coming from a broken home at all. Like, you, you, you realize who you can trust pretty quick. Oh, God. <laughs> well, see, that's the thing is all of us, none of us were. In an odd way, none of us, only one kid, Pete was the only kid that was divorced. Everyone else had both parents there. And we were also, all of us were the oldest sons. 
That's weird too. Yeah, really weird. Yeah. 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 I guess that's what I, I know. That's do. why we all got along or what, but maybe. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So don't give Henry cool ranch Cheerios. If you see Henry, be nice. Don't give him well, cool ranch. Well, if he listens to the show, Henry, I got your back. I, I'm, I'm team Henry on this one. That's nice of you. Uh, we're back with our Patreon episode. Tomorrow. Tomorrow, which is going to be Mighty Ducks. And uh, we have the champions. Yes. Queen. Yes. Yes. And then next week we're back with. Uh, uh, oh, big one. Big one. Quentin Tarantino. Django Unchained. What was the Patreon? A zero dark 30. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Cool. Uh, anything else? Oh, yeah. Stand by.